You are listening to the Fresh Thinking Podcast. Finlay and Simon chat with friends, colleagues and clients around business and philosophy. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast with Finlay and Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Good. And we're joined today by Harmit. Hi, Harmit. Hey, Finlay, Simon. Good Hi, to be here. Now, Harmit, you and I actually have met through LinkedIn, very modern way, and we've started to collaborate with a little group that you've built up, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, so it was kind of around that that we thought, you know what, maybe this is a, a topic of conversation to come and chat with, uh, with Simon and I, um, a kind of almost a philosophical um, level around collaboration. But mm. for, firstly, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in business and, and what's brought you here just now? Yeah, certainly. Um, so a big part of my life was uh, when I was in the police force for four to five years in the uh, emergency service. Um, and I think that built the foundation of working together as a team. Uh, after that, I've started my first business in hospitality, um, serviced accommodation. And the core part of the business now with what I'm doing is marketing voice, which is um, Google, focused around Google of how to make websites get to the top um, but throughout my journey it's always about doing it as a team I'm sharing knowledge and collaboration and uh, I think that's the the focus of the conversation is going to be um, and I would say that's a key ingredient to how the businesses have grown uh, that's cool um, I didn't know that you'd done um, a bit of service in the, the police force and I think you're right um, you know in those uh, emergency services or maybe in the military um, that's got to be absolutely fundamental and key for success doesn't it mm, 100% totally cool. I mean, in every business really isn't it I mean it's uh, it's day one lesson one working it all together yeah and our experience crosses over a little bit as well, Harmit, I know, because you've you've done some work, and this was maybe the origins of um, some of your marketing skills um, around the sharing economy and Airbnb. Mm. Mm. You, you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, so from the Airbnb side, I, I don't know if uh, you had uh, some experience there. Um did you want to know how I started that business and uh, a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Tell it. Tell us a little bit about that because I know you you had a fair amount of success there. Yeah, certainly. Um, so when I left the police, um, it was a case of right. How do I build this business? I went away to Cotswold originally and to get my thoughts together of what to do after the police. And I was uh, used an Airbnb in Cotswold, beautiful place. You know, I had a grand piano, um, greenery. The building is more of a sort of a castle type um the owner lovely lady but the management wasn't very good you know there wasn't some towels and you know i love traveling and you know um in terms of good quality service mm -hmm. uh, you know it's all it's always about understanding you know what you receive um for good service especially in the hotel world and um i just felt that there was an opportunity here because there was a lack of consistency 
uh, within uh, the Airbnb for a lot of the properties I've stayed in. And so when I went back to Leicester, it was a case of, okay, um, are there any managers here that, you know, provide it just like an estate agent? Are they, you know, people that do it for, for service accommodation, Airbnb? Um, and there wasn't. And so then I, you know, within about 20, 48 hours, I had a website set up. I uh, did all the typical business stuff, you know, the leafleting, business cards, um, sharing on Facebook, you know, social media. And nothing came through. It, it just didn't work because a lot of times people didn't know what it was and uh, having the right types of properties. Uh, initially then, after about four months, I got my first property. Um, and because it worked quite well, um, they gave me another couple more and we ended up with a portfolio of about seven that was uh, that, that that part of the business i would say is 100 percent built through networking um but close contacts i had then in terms of growing i then found that i was actually on the first, uh, number one um in leicester and that's probably because this is on google so i was number one on google and you know like i said there was no competition so i got there fairly quick so i started looking into this thinking well i could actually manage properties from different cities with the structure that I had built around using some of the digital tools. And um, they started focusing on other areas such as London, Birmingham, and even today then, um, we're number one over five, six cities. So if you do Airbnb management, Birmingham, Peterborough, Milton Keynes, uh, Nottingham, Coventry, there's a, there's a few more and you'll find me number one there, uh, which is super cool. And so uh, that- are you actually... Are, are you actually managing the sort of day-to-day running of, of these Airbnbs or is it really just the, more the marketing of them that you're you're dealing with? I would say it's the overall running. It's uh, pretty much like an estate agent. Okay. A little bit more work involved, you know, if it's the guest communication, sure. um, you know, making sure that they're happy and they're managing the cleaners as well um, right. so it's ready for the next guest. Yeah. And, uh, bringing the guests in that's done by airbnb you know airbnb booking.com they bring in all the guests all i've got to do is a service and um i mean that's probably a site another conversation in terms of how the management's done in terms of scalability but that's how i grew the business it was purely through google and then two and a half years ago i met my business partner uh, Tazir, um, he comes from a digital psychology background, uh, lecturer at the university, and it was only a fun project that started up. Um, you can consider that as a collaboration because there's no money involved. It was about, right, you've got these skills, I've got this. If we put them together, what happened? And that's how it started to say, um, can we do SEO on a, on a greater scale? Um, can we beat the, you know, the ones that are experienced that have been doing it for seven plus years? Within about two months of this project, then um, we were number one. So if you do digital marketing Leicester, uh, um, and then we did this for Birmingham, and then again, using my same experience from the Airbnb business, did this for um, digital marketing. So now we're sort of uh, on the first page in London as well. If you do digital marketing agency London, we're on the first page there. Uh, so, so, how many roughly? How many properties are you are you dealing with? So, at the moment, there is seventeen, right. um, and there is what I've noticed from this as well. And this is probably in the last year, is that more serious people have started to come on board. Um, you know, more serious conversations. Where um, there's one individual from London, um, he had brought a six-unit um, 
uh, unit uh, building in Leicester. And he found me through Google. Obviously, he didn't know anyone in Leicester. And, you know, he's more of a serious person. He's going through a complete renovation of the property. And then in the next few months, once COVID-19 finished, um, again, that will be coming on board. Um, I think it was about two weeks ago, again, someone with six, uh, 16 units in Birmingham. So right. I think what's happening now is becoming more of a, a snowball effect. Um, I mean, there's many stages in terms of the, the digital process. Once you've got the traffic coming onto your website, then it's about how to optimize and really pinpoint the, the message to, to the ideal people. For me, it's about um, individuals who have got multiple properties. Sure. There's, there's a couple of later conversations starting to emerge from that. I think we, we both want to, to pick your brains on the, the tactical know-how and hopefully listeners will as well. Um, going, going back a couple of stages, when you had that epiphany moment yourself, when you were away as the, as the user, Simon, that started to make me think about some of your experience. It sounds like that space would have been right up your street and that's where you've done quite a lot of your work. Your photography is in buildings like that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've uh, well, I've been a freelance photographer for, well, 30, 35 years um, abroad and in the UK. But I do a lot of uh, work in the um, hospitality trade. I do a lot of uh, photography for hotels, um, for self-catering apartments, all that kind of thing. And um, it's, you know, it's really, it's, it's really interesting. I actually wrote a blog about to give people an idea how they should prepare for, you know, for, for this kind of marketing process, because um, my experience was that going into a lot of places, people simply hadn't done their homework properly and they weren't getting the maximum benefit from, from you know, their, their properties and therefore they weren't getting the, the occupancy they wanted. Um, mm -hmm. So you know that's that's an area that that uh, you know I've been working in for quite a long time. It's uh, um, it's a great space to work in, but uh, you know there's a lot of people, particularly these days with with Airbnb, there's a lot of people who are kind of jumping in, but they haven't really worked it out properly, and uh, you know they need uh, they need all the help they can get to you know to get to start getting the bookings and uh, get their business up and running. Um, Get a professional team in, get professional photography and then a professional manager. You heard it here. That's the advice <laughs> yeah. from us today. We would um, say that, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, um, drilling down into that a little bit. So if our core theme is collaboration and, and you've been working as a freelancer and then maybe going back to earlier in your career, the photographer is often part of a, a wider team, Simon. You know, have you got any... Totally. Thoughts about how that how that works. Totally. I mean, it's it's um, yeah. When you start a project, um, really, uh, you have to work out what kind of relationship you're going to be having with the person you're working with. Whether it's a situation where they know what they want, tell whether actually they know what they don't want, but they don't know what they do want, and uh, so you're drawing on your own. Uh, expertise to try and provide something that will keep people, uh, you know, that that will achieve what they're looking for. Um, and I've had both experiences. I mean, I've had the experience where I go in and somebody says, this is exactly what I want, you know, down to the last letter. So you're working very strictly to, a, to somebody else's idea. Um, 
and other situations where people give you totally free reign and say, well, you're, you're the expert, do what you do best. Um, and part of the, part of, part, part of the, um, the difficulty is being able to work out where people stand and how you're going to actually collaborate with them, how you're going to, what sort of relationship you're going to have with them, um, whether, whether you're going to be on an equal basis, whether you're going to take the lead, whether they're going to take the lead. It's a kind of, kind of back and forwards game, you know, and, and, and uh, um, if you can get it right, then you'll get results. Um, and, it, you know, that, it, it, that's my experience of it in my field, but, I mean, it's true, I think, across the board in, in any you know, in any partnership, in any business, um, that sort of uh, the dynamics between people. Yeah, it's, it's finding that synergy, and you're absolutely right. You can create more than, uh, you know, the, the sum of the parts and, and so on if if you get that right. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe my connection at my end, Simon. I just missed, just as you started talking, oh. and we can maybe just stitch that in because that, that was probably your kind of little um, sound bite. Sorry, how did, how did you start that section off? Um, well, I was just really... Um, uh, flagging up the different ways of working about, you know, the most important be- thing being identifying what kind of working relationship you're going to be having with your clients, um, whether they're expecting you to take the reins or whether they're expecting you to follow, you know, strictly follow their ideas, um, whether they're giving you uh, much more freedom to interpret stuff in your way or whether they've got a very clear idea of, of how they want things to be done and both both situations um if they if you get it right they can be great if you get it wrong it can be quite difficult but uh you know particularly you'll sometimes get clients who say well i want things done this way i really need things to be done this way and you know damn fine that that's not going to do them any favors so um you know it's it's just a balancing act really to be honest um yeah, that, I mean, that's an interesting environment like that when the, the, the client's there and the dynamic is, is really important. Mm. I, I actually told the, the group that we're working with um, on the other little collaboration about my experience. It was really quite early on in my career and it was a, a similar story as to how I started working with my first business partner like you and, and Taz. So I started working with John McFetridge um, way back in the mid uh, to early 90s, let's be honest. Um, and, and I was the French speaker and John was the chef. And we came together and built a nice little team um, in catered chalets in the Alps. Um, but what we found ourselves in was a really highly competitive marketplace. And most of us were offering very similar products. So week or weekend stays in a chalet, dinner, bed and breakfast, wine with dinner. Um, and, and so you could just differentiate on tiny little details. But we were really competitive. Um, and there was um, a moment for us when we realized, wait a minute, we're, we're cutting each other's throats here. When we're operational out in the Alps, we should all really collaborate a little bit more. Um, we had a fleet of minibuses and we all had like one or two minibuses, sometimes more, charging down to the airport. And we would all then meet meet one another and we were all very friendly and then go back up to resort all with half empty minibuses. 
And um, I'm not saying it was me that started putting around the spreadsheet on a Thursday night, but um, somebody did. And we all then became more, much more efficient, um, still happily competing against one another. But I think that was about the best example I've been involved with in a competitive, you know, we were all absolutely head to head in terms of competition. Um, so that's a slightly different dynamic, and it, it, it took somebody to step up and go, "Come on, guys, let's just let's just work together." Mm, mm, mm. That's all you need sometimes, just that one person to to bring it together, and actually, everyone, um, your competitors benefit, but then so do you. Um, otherwise, you're just competing on price, which is never good. No, that that's it, and and I'm wondering, you know, this was one of my questions that I had. Do, do you think, Harmeet, there's something in people's nature or their makeup which make, makes them more of a natural collaborator? Mm, I think there's going to be a number of um, factors or contributions, and it's going to be about mindset, people that surround them, um, and how they think as well. Um, I think a little taste of collaboration um can do wonders and so it's just seeing that it can work it does benefit yeah you might get hurt or you might get um someone might step on your toes one out of ten times but those nine out of ten uh, those opportunities will uh, do you wonders and so I, I i personally think just like relationships you should never go straight big go straight into it um it's all about doing something small just like what we're doing on the side Finley, and then um then things can grow on from there. Um, I think the mentality of something happening overnight doesn't work. Um, and so when that is the expectations from collaborations, I think um, you know, that, that it becomes a bit of a negative, um, a negative experience. I guess you have to have a, a framework to allow that to develop and to allow, um, uh, you know, to, to allow the relationships to, to, to to grow and then you get a clearer idea of which way you're going. I think yeah, probably a balance. I mean, some sort of framework, but at the same time, it can't ever be planned. Um, you know, it's really hard to say, well, in, you know, in say a year's time or a couple of months time, this is how it's going to look. It's yeah. kind of, I mean, what I always sort of base it down to is real life um, experiences. And so when I got married to my wife, the first time we went for a coffee, it was never the case right, this is the woman that I'm going to marry, or you know, this, is, this is going to be the set plan. Um, it was sure. just a coffee, and that's all it was. You know, there, there's nothing yeah. more to that. And then naturally things evolved from there. Uh, and I think the same thing with collaborations. There has to be a good level of um, being natural, authentic. Um, and, you know, if there isn't a good synergy, then there's not a good synergy. Um, and if there isn't, then I think that's where, where you go down the road. Yeah, yeah. I did, an interesting point on that was um, I I have a brother who's four years older than me and um, we uh, I mean we were brought up together and we had a, we, we got to know each other really well at least we thought we did and we had a good time together and then um, he and I set up a band um, and uh, it became quite a big uh, concern. We, we, we were, you know, we were playing up and down the country and we were very busy. And I got to know my brother in those years much more than I had in all the time I'd known him up to that point. Um, because we're, suddenly you're in a different situation and, you know, there are different pressures, different... Uh, um, 
different tensions and things. And we get it. I mean, we get on great, but, but, you know, we thought initially, okay, you know, we're the same guy, we're two peas out of the same pod. And then, you know, in a business situation, things develop and things, and you begin to see, okay, well, we don't agree about this. We don't agree about that. We do agree about this, but you start to get a more realistic view of, uh, you know, how you're working together. Mm. Interesting experience. You line that up nicely, Simon, because obviously the the music domain is absolutely ripe for collaboration. That's often what people think about when we talk about collaboration. Yeah. So, um, so there, that's an interesting story, and I'm sure there's plenty of stories within that story about you and your brother and the band. Yeah. So there's an, a collaborative group within a band, anyway. Um, and and I love listening to your band and watching you perform. But then there's obviously the the kind of typical um, collaboration when somebody maybe comes from another band or you bring a singer in. Have you got any um, experiences of that yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the, uh, the the most difficult thing with musicians and artistic things is that um, all artists have big egos, basically. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've got to rein people in and you've got to impress on people. This is a team thing. This isn't, you know, this isn't your big moment of fame. Um, uh, everybody's got to pull in together. And that means often taking a back seat and letting somebody else to step up. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's a real, I mean, people talk about bands as uh, in the same way they talk about marriages. You know, you've got to, uh, it, it's got the same kind of dynamics, the same potential for disaster, the same potential for, uh, you know, for being in love practically with each other because you spend mm-hmm. so much time together. Um, but it's quite a fragile thing and you've got to get it right. Um, but in the end of the day, uh, you know, the more you do it, the more you learn about how to deal with other people, how to be part of a group rather than an individual within a group. Um, and you really need to try and do be both if possible, but it's sometimes quite a fine line. Um, that's been my experience of it anyway. Thanks. Um, Harmeet, um, as you celebrate one year of marriage, there's some lessons from, from <laughs> Simon. I have, to, I have to jump in there and say, I have to jump in and say I'm at an advantage because my wife is a, a relationship counsellor. So uh, <laughs> this is an area that I do know a little bit about, theoretically. I should definitely be taking tips in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, b- before we, we sign off, you know, we're living in funny times just now, and we, I think we've all learnt a lot about ourselves, about our relationships, maybe our businesses. But, Harmeet, to you first, what what do you think is going to change and thinking maybe still about collaboration or how we are work with others and um, moving forward? Have you got any ideas? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think now with the digital technologies that we have had, um, let's go step uh, one step back. In fact, before social media came, a lot of the collaborations that happened stayed within a city. Um, There's no other real way of connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Finley, like you know, you're from Scotland with social media. We've connected through LinkedIn. It's given us the access point um, to be connected, not necessarily build relationships, but, um, you know, to have that level of connection, insights of knowledge. And I think the way that we're going now, I mean, I hadn't done video calls, group video calls until three weeks ago, you know, because of COVID-19, you're kind of pushed into that way. And I think now through innovation, 
the technology itself with um, video calls, you know, we were sort of um, mentioning earlier on, it's not the best quality now and again, but maybe that's because the focus wasn't there. So going forward, and especially in the next few months, there'll be a lot more video calls. And what that basically means is that we um, get to develop and uh, harness the, the relationships that we're building. So from a collaborative um, perspective, technology is going to help that and that's from outside of our standard city communities mm. Mm. and I, I think the fact that we can actually in this situation like today we can actually see each other i, th- yeah. I think that's really helpful too um you know as soon as as soon as i switched on the the camera the whole thing kind of came alive um i, th- I think yeah there's going to be more of that certainly yeah yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting, and and there's you know better scientists than me that can tell you about um, the relationship that we we have when you can see a little bit of body language and and so on, eyebrows going up and frowning and and, and the like. <laughs> Although, um, you know, what we're going to do is turn this into into a podcast. But um, I think even from the tone of voice and so on, people will maybe get that. Uh, listen, th- thanks for that. It's been a really nice conversation. I think we should maybe do it again in a few months' time and just pick up some of those those other themes. Sure. Um, but, but thanks, guys. Lovely. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>